You're listening to In the Public Interest, a monthly news show brought to you by KTSW News. Each month, we provide in-depth coverage of hard-hitting topics such as the environment, city affairs, and campus life. In the Public Interest. If it's in our community, it's in our interest. Fossil fuels and energy production are at the heart of the Texas economy. As of last January, the U.S. Energy Information Administration says Texas is the leading producer of wind-generated energy among the states. Texas produces over a quarter of all natural gas in the nation and leads every other state in oil production, accounting for over a third of all crude oil produced in the country. The fossil fuel sector reaches all across Texas, from the oil and natural gas fields of south and west Texas to the shipping ports all along the Gulf. The central Texas hill country has long been removed from the state's massive energy projects, That's all about to change. The Permian Highway Pipeline Project is about to tie those West Texas natural gas fields with the energy processing industries of Houston. To get there, a massive pipeline is about to bisect Hayes County. The project is a goliath, running 430 miles across Lone Star State. This 42-inch wide, $2 billion natural gas pipeline will be a testament to the power of big energy in Texas. While these energy companies are booming because of improved drilling and fracking technologies, the folks outside the boardroom are reckoning with these changes projects are bringing to their communities. Folks in certain parts of the state have already learned to live with these changes, but for Hayes County residents, this pipeline is unlike anything the area has ever seen. Many Hayes County citizens are voicing their concerns with the project and taking a stand for the values that are fundamental to their identities as Central Texans, ecological preservation and private land ownership. So which company is trying to bring the energy boom through Hayes County? None less than energy infrastructure titan Kinder Morgan. This company is massive. It operates approximately 70,000 miles of natural gas pipelines across North America and 26,000 miles in Texas alone. The company posted revenues at the end of last year exceeding $14 billion. Kinder Morgan says on their webpage that they are pursuing natural gas projects across the country as they and many others see natural gas as the energy source of the future. We sat down to talk with Kinder Morgan on the 12th of February at an open house event they were holding in Wimberley. We talked to the vice president of public affairs for Kinder Morgan, Alan Four, who discussed the plans the company has for setting this project in motion. Four talked with us about the importance of balancing the needs of the environment with the wants of the economy. Four said building a safe pipeline and mitigating the environmental impacts of any project are two of Kinder Morgan's top priorities. So you look at the balance between uh, two equally important categories. The incredible importance that energy is to the Texas economy um, and funding schools and universities and it's absolutely critical. It is, in many ways, the Texas economy. The transportation of energy, the extraction of energy. So you get all these big energy issues that are so, so important. Balanced equally with environmental protection and landowner interests. So you have to have a balance. So when you are proposing to construct a pipeline, you need to make the impacts avoided or mitigated. For example, if we're crossing the Blanco River, there is a way to do that where you never touch the river. So you go underneath it. So basically you've got your pipe that's gonna be buried underground, stays underground, and then as you're approaching the river, you're gonna start a descent. And the pipe will go down maybe 50 or 60 feet underground into something solid, solid bedrock or some solid material far enough down so that it is never going to impact the river, even if the river changes course or whatever, Um, but way deep and then come up on the other side, far away from the bank. 
But understanding when you're putting a pipeline underground, you're digging a trench, you're going to have some impacts. And so if you can't avoid, then you mitigate for them. And that may mean that if you're uh, impacting a certain amount of acreage of forested land that you replant or you, you purchase credits for doing something uh, with the Forest Service or, or some or Fish and Wildlife Service. It's in our company's best interest to have a safe pipeline that is compatible with the area. It does us no good as a company to have a pipeline that is either constructed or operated in an unsafe or non-environmentally friendly way because this is our business. What hap what's happening here in the Hill Country is being watched across the country. And if we do this right, as we have done with our other thousands and thousands of miles of pipe, it's, it's gonna be a good for everyone. The pipeline is part of us as much as it is part of the Hill Country. And we have thousands and thousands of landowners that are part of our system. And all of the regulatory agencies, the counties, the electric fields, I'm not, saying, I'm not saying we're a perfect company, but we've got a pretty good record of doing it right, using the best available technology, always improving the process. Any company as experienced as Kinder Morgan in laying natural gas pipelines would be understandably confident about their abilities to lay and maintain one here in the Texas Hill Country. We spoke with prominent community members in Hayes County over the past month, and each had their own thoughts on the project. The thing that united all these people was that, invariably, each disagreed with some component of the positive message about the Permian Highway pipeline that Kinder Morgan is conveying. Hayes County Commissioner Walt Smith was one of the many notable figures present at the February 12th open house that Kinder Morgan hosted. Smith highlighted many of the concerns that members of the community expressed that night. Smith said he has reservations about parts of the pipeline project. I just have some serious concerns over what will happen, number one, while they're here, what kind of footprint uh, Kinder Morgan is going to have in our county, but number two, and more importantly, what it's going to look like after they leave. Um, you know, don't get me wrong, I, I appreciate jobs and those kind of things whenever uh, it's helpful to our county, but the fact of the matter is, is once the pipeline is constructed, uh, we get to live with it in perpetuity. And so what does that mean for our residents? What does that mean for our county tax base? What does that mean for uh, those people who, whose property may have been in their family for generations uh, in this county, as well as those who may just be looking to move here? And what kind of impact will it have on them? Smith explained that much of Texas law favors energy companies in the courtroom in no small part because of the importance of energy to the Texas economy. You know what scares me is the in the state of Texas, as long as they don't cross a state, uh, you know, a state boundary between states, there's no federal process that intervenes on it. And in the state, as long as they're declared a common carrier, it's very difficult to stop something like this. Um, and if you look, I mean, we're not the only county experiencing this right now. I know it, for us it's ground zero, it's Hayes County. But if you look at the length of that proposed pipeline along with the second leg of that pipeline that's going south, there are other counties that are going through, through the exact same issue that we are. And all of us are wondering what happens, you know, how, how this can, uh, even if it can't be stopped, how it can be done in an environmentally conscious way. I don't know what the answer to that is. I don't know that any of us do, but I can tell you that the laws of the state of Texas aren't on our side. We're a state that lives and dies off oil and gas. The problem is, is that we are also a state, or what should be a problem is that we're a state where citizens' rights should count for something. And uh, at a certain point, there's a trade-off that's been made in our state capital. 
For others, the pipeline is a potential danger to what they see as the most unique and important feature of the Hill Country, the ecology of Central Texas. This pipeline project, some feel, is a direct threat to that environmental health and preservation. Founder and executive director of the Wimberley Valley Watershed Association, David Baker, told us he's concerned about the impacts of a natural gas pipeline on the area's water table. Uh, this line, as it's currently proposed, would uh, go about 8,000 feet north of Jacob's Well um, in this extremely sensitive karst recharge area. Uh, this karst is, is the limestone that's broken up where there's sinkholes and features where rain gets back into the aquifer, recharges uh, the, both the spring, and it provides the base flow to Cypress Creek. We think this area is, is unsuited for that kind of infrastructure. These lines could carry other hydrocarbons besides natural gas in the future, gasoline and crude oil. The spill would be uh, uh, just completely uh, devastate our, our water supply, both drinking water and the supply to the spring, potentially impacting endangered species um, in the Blanco River, in San Marcos Springs and Barton Springs. So uh, the other factor is even just the trenching uh, 10 feet down through this karst aquifer, they hit sinkholes, they hit, hit voids that where water moves through the aquifer very rapidly, sealing those up or putting other contaminants in there uh, could potentially um, really impact the, the water quality and quantity of, of the spring. Baker says his primary concern is making sure the pipeline is not built in this environmentally sensitive area, even if it means a full rerouting of the project. We, we wanted out of the hill country, but we've done some analysis and looked at the Kinder Morgan is currently building the Gulf Coast uh, pipeline. We did some analysis and ran, you know, that, that line is already under construction. It's been vetted. Those easements are, 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 are completed. If they follow that line and then came a little bit west of the Edwards Aquifer, uh, and then cuts south or cut east across uh, south of San Antonio through the top of the Eagle Ford Shale, which is already a, a, a oil and gas area. It'd only be 13 miles longer to get to their station in uh, outside of Katy. We think that is a much safer route. It's a it's certainly logistically going to be much uh, uh, easier for the company and they won't have the environmental uh, impacts that they would have on our water, our habitat, our economy here in the hill country. And we think that that is gonna get the company there, that meet their timeline that they've laid out of getting gas in, uh, to run through this line in 2020. Um, coming through here, we, we think this company uh, would need to do a full environmental impact study before they proceeded with any, any kind of uh, uh, line in this area. And we think that the results of that study would show this is not an appropriate area. Baker says the Watershed Association is open to meeting with Kinder Morgan to share their doubts and any information they may find about ecological or economic impacts of the pipeline. While passions over environmental concerns can run high, Kinder Morgan's biggest challenge with this project may not be maintaining regulatory environmental safety standards, but rather acquiring the land to build this pipeline in the first place. So why buy land through Hayes County? Kinder Morgan has a distinct legal advantage in this field, eminent domain. The Permian Highway Pipeline Project has received common carrier status, meaning Kinder Morgan can use the legal authority of eminent domain to seize land for the development of this project. 
Partner and attorney for Johns and Counsel law firm Chris Johns ran us through some of the complexities of the eminent domain process here in Texas. Eminent domain is something that most people aren't familiar with. They're familiar with it in, in the sense of government coming in and, and saying, hey, citizen, you know, you need to make a sacrifice for the good of all of us, you know, something that's truly for the, the, the public, for the community, and we need to build a road here, we need to build a school here, we need to, we'd like to have a park here, something that's truly community in nature, right? But what people are less familiar with is the, the idea that the Texas legislature has delegated to private companies the power to take their land based on pipelines, electric transmission lines, uh, you know, some other projects, some water lines and things like that. But pipelines in particular are a really under-regulated area of the law where the pipeline company itself can decide what route it wants to take without any consideration of the environmental impacts or who it is they're taking from or the, the, the route, whether this is really the best route. and there's very, very little oversight or very little community involvement in helping decide what the best route for these pipelines are, the, the, the best routes for those, those lines are. So I think what's shocking to people is that a private company, private for-profit company, just has pretty much free reign in Texas to, to transport certain products through pipelines and not have any any obligation to to involve you know to give the the, the landowners kind of a, a piece of the profits that they make they don't have to consult with the landowners about the routes they don't have to consult with the government about the routes very much there's very very little oversight Johns explained how the lack of independent oversight of energy infrastructure projects in the state has resulted in loopholes that invariably work in favor of the project's developers. Johns told us the process for valuing property set to be seized and how the state defines public use are also riddled with workarounds. Courts and federal courts have a very similar view of what just compensation means, and it means the, the market value of the property that's taken and the impact that it has on the market value of the land that's left. So if you had a piece of property and say it's 10 acres and one acre was taken for the, the easement, then you'd get paid for that one acre, but you'd also get paid for the, the impact that that taking has on the remaining nine acres, right? And so you add up the value of the part that's taken plus the damages to the remaining property, and, and that's, that's considered just compensation. But the tricky thing is there are all kinds of carve-outs and exclusions and loopholes for how you calculate just compensation. And so that, on the, on the compensation side, that's tricky. And, and then from the the other question of, of whether this is really a public use, that's kind of that's a separate little phrase in the Fifth Amendment and in, in the Texas Constitution as well. And so there's always a question is, is, is this particular taking for a public use? And, and the legislature really has a huge say in what counts as a public use. And they've said private taking, you know, takings by private pipeline companies, for-profit pipeline companies, that can count as a public use as long as they're allowing other people to ship product through the line. Just 30 miles north of San Marcos sits the Capitol building in Austin. Here in Hayes and Blanco counties, our recently elected state representative, Aaron Zwiener, is preparing for her first big fight in the legislature. As a freshman member, I did not anticipate being in a fight with a pipeline company my first session in the legislature. Uh, but here we are. 
Zwiener is in her first term as a representative, but her work before the legislature included a great deal of conservation work. Zwiener has said on multiple occasions she's opposed to the project. Already, she's stepping up to the plate and has started communicating the concerns of her constituents to Kinder Morgan. Uh, notably, we are concerned about some of the specifics of the route they chose. Uh, we're also concerned about potential long-term impacts on groundwater. And we're concerned about whether or not all our landowners are being treated fairly and made whole in the process. Pipeline companies that are common carriers have the power of eminent domain here in Texas. They get to take private land uh, without the landowner's consent. What we're hearing from Kinder Morgan is they don't want to move quite that fast through eminent domain. They want to negotiate whenever possible. But of course, they're negotiating with the sort of Damocles hanging over the landowner's head. And they are hoping to begin construction this fall. So our landowners really only have a few months to demonstrate the value of their property, negotiate whatever mitigation terms they feel they need, and then reach a settlement on price with the company. Of course, I would love it if Kinder Morgan decided that it didn't make sense to bring a pipeline through my district. Uh, and honestly, I have questions about why anyone would bring a pipeline with its uh, risks of leaking through the hill country and over these vulnerable karst-based aquifers. Short of them moving the pipeline out, I would love to see them uh, commit and put into the easement that uh, the pipeline will never carry liquids such as crude oil. I'd also like to see them provide some resources to the local community for emergency preparedness. The pipeline or natural gas pipeline of this size has an evacuation zone of 3,600 feet on either side of the pipeline. That's a tremendous amount of people that the community is going to have to prepare to move in the event of an accident. I'd also like them to sit down and have some serious conversations with the local elected officials about which routes make the most sense uh, and make sure they are co-locating with existing infrastructure as much as possible. Sweener's demands all stem from the lack of regulation and oversight with pipeline projects. She says the legislator created this problem and it's their responsibility to fix it. Normally we have some sort of neutral arbiter effect, but the regulatory structure of Texas doesn't allow for that right now. There isn't a public process evaluating whether or not the groundwater contamination risk is higher over these more vulnerable aquifers. And there isn't a group that's responsible for monitoring the risk of groundwater contamination or surface water contamination. The Railroad Commission looks at safety, but they don't look at environmental impact. And TCEQ does not look at the environmental impact of these pipelines either. If a natural gas pipeline crosses state lines, then the federal government, the Department of Transportation, will require an environmental impact statement, but they don't require that for pipelines that stay within a single state. So we have a regulatory hole that means the public interest isn't being looked out for right now. Zwiener says that as the law stands, projects like the Permian Highway Pipeline are all but immune from interference by any government in Texas once they begin development. She says she wants to remedy that problem by introducing oversight in large-scale projects like this pipeline. So there is no legal avenue to contest a pipeline building. So the only option we have is to change the process here in this building. I would love to see large pipelines like this go through a routing process similar to the one that our electrical lines go through. In that case, the Public Utility Commission oversees that routing process and holds public meetings, takes public comment, and makes a decision that takes all of the community into account. Uh, we're also going to be talking about 
uh, a process for environmental impact statements for these pipelines when they stay within state lines. There are multiple possible impacts and we need to be looking at those instead of just assuming they're fine. We're also looking at requiring pipeline companies uh, that cross these karst-based aquifers to do a contingency plan in the case of a leak to account for water contamination. We need something similar every time a pipeline crosses these vulnerable aquifers. Another option we're looking at is requiring these pipeline companies to uh, purchase a performance bond for the restoration of landowners' property. We want the landowner to have an option to make themselves whole and restore their property, whether for agricultural purposes or wildlife purposes. That doesn't require them to hire an attorney and take one of the biggest companies in the country to court. The fact remains that regardless of whatever regulatory and oversight processes Wiener hopes to make law, Kinder Morgan does not face hurdles of that sort today. The company says it hopes to be finished with construction by the end of next year, but Wiener says there are issues that cannot be ignored with the current plan that a third party should review. I'm not convinced that this routing makes sense, and we need an independent body to be making those calls. Some landowners are already feeling impacts from this pipeline. Many are uncertain about what this project will mean for their properties. Local landowner Ted Burton has approximately 900 acres of land right outside of Wimberley. If the pipeline route were to remain as is, it would run directly through that land. Burton said that this land has been in his family since the early 70s, and no land valuation can match what Burton says is his family's priceless possession. You know, it's a heritage ranch for us because um, it's my. it has been... Um, my dad's lifelong dream and he's poured his heart and soul into this property and he's done everything throughout his life to make sure that the property stands as is. So he's refused countless times um, developers have wanted to purchase the property and turn it into subdivisions and he's we've refused because we want to keep the property just as it is. Burton has been in contact with Kinder Morgan, and he says he's worried that the company has not done all the research needed before they start the project. So far, they've been on our property to do this, to do the initial uh, route. And so they were on the property putting white flags along the proposed route. And then they had their environmental company, I can't recall it off the top of my head, but they've had their environmental surveys on the property twice to do environmental scans. The first time we understood they were looking for environmental features, and the second time we understood that they were looking for Native American uh, features or remnants. I think what I I found disturbing and disheartening was I didn't. It did not. It felt like they were just paid consultants going through the motions because this property includes. Um, nesting grounds for the golden sheep warbler, which we tried to point out, but I didn't feel like there was a whole lot of recognition of that. And then um, this proposed pipeline route would also go under um, springs and a tank or a pond. We um, have allowed uh, surveyors on the property, environmental surveyors on the property twice to, to walk the, or actually more than that, because they came on once to to map out the route, but allowing them to come on and do a survey. But I'll be really honest with you, the survey seemed to be very to be cursory. It didn't seem like it was a very in-depth or comprehensive environmental survey. I walked the property with them or the route with them the first time, at least about half of the route. And I just, I didn't see a whole lot of note taking or picture taking or documentation of 
the property and the different environmental features that this pipeline is going to destroy. A week and a half after our first interview, we sat down again with Alan Four from Kinder Morgan to talk to him about some of the concerns that people in the community had voiced to us. One of the biggest worries people have is that the pipeline will carry more than just natural gas. The type of pipeline used in this project can also be used to transport crude oil, and folks wanted to know if crude would ever be sent through the line. Four made it clear that only natural gas will run through the pipe for the foreseeable future. From a policy perspective, um, the ability of the United States and, and um, the state of Texas to be part of uh, being able to not be subjected to importing energy and paying billions and billions of dollars to foreign entities versus income coming into the United States in billions and billions of dollars with our own resources. If you're talking about climate change as an issue, the ability to help other countries modernize their power plants and their power grid makes a lot of sense. The last time I checked, emissions and problems with uh, air quality doesn't stop at the border. So helping other countries helps really the whole world from a uh, emissions perspective, which is a major issue for um, many, many countries. Uh, and so I think that's the way that, that it's important to look at is the value of Texas energy, obviously to Texas and Texas first, but when you expand supply, even if it's not necessarily all going to one particular destination, it expands the entire availability of energy, which reduces the overall cost of energy, and that's why Texans enjoy some of the lowest energy prices in the United States. So even if it is going to Mexico or another location, the availability, the additional natural gas, remember, that currently is flared into the air is now available in the marketplace. Perhaps the biggest issue folks all across the county had was Kinder Morgan's ability to use eminent domain to take land for the pipeline. Four specified that eminent domain is specific to infrastructure projects and state statutes legislate the eminent domain process. Rather than discuss the specifics of the legal process, Four spoke about the benefits of the state that he says this project is sure to bring. He said the pipeline would generate revenue for Texas. He also said natural gas consumption and exporting natural gas to developing countries that depend on coal and oil for energy generation would decrease global reliance on those fossil fuels. We've heard um, extremely misleading, outright false statements that the pipeline could be switched to a different product overnight. It is impossible. And why is because this is a natural gas system. You, you fit and you, you build and you build the compressor stations and other configurations for natural gas. Liquids are different, require a different transportation process. And we have to retrofit the system, which could very easily cost hundreds of millions of dollars. So physically possible, hundreds of millions of dollars in years of regulatory approval. Number one. Number two, this is a gas line going to a gas hub. It's not going to a crude hub. No tanks. So you'd have to find someone who has the brilliant idea of shipping crude to where crude isn't wanted. Not a very smart idea. So commercially makes no sense. Um, so those folks that are saying and pushing out there that we're going to switch the gas, is it's really 
uh, misleading and false and unfortunate. That's being put out as a scare tactic is what it is. It's a plain out scare tactic. Uh, to have folks believe that this is going to be happening when the realities of this are completely different. Near the end of our interview, Four reiterated that Kinder Morgan has a great deal of experience laying pipelines all across the country. He said the company has been very involved at the local level, cooperating with the landowners to make the pipeline as unobtrusive to Hayes County as they can. We've made 100, probably approaching 150 now, route variations to accommodate for individual landowner concerns. That's why we're, we're, we're pleased with our progress. That's why we feel that we are extremely confident that the route that we have proposed, again, taking into account the multiple options we've looked at, knowing where we need to get to, our history of operating a pipeline in the Hill Country, and our history of building and constructing pipelines in almost any imaginable circumstance, from under Lake Pontchartrain or San Francisco Bay, through the mountains, um, through the desert, that we can build a nine-foot trench here safely in an environmentally compatible way and with by and large support of the landowners who are most directly impacted. Four also said that Kinder Morgan is looking to purchase land for preservation grounds for the golden-cheeked warbler here in Hayes County as part of the company's efforts to mitigate their impact on the local environment. Regardless of whatever Kinder Morgan may say and show about their local involvement in developing a natural gas pipeline, many in the county will continue to fight the project in an effort to preserve what they believe will be lost in the Texas Hill Country should the line be built. Many more will work with the company, keeping a watchful eye every step of the way to make sure Kinder Morgan follows through on their commitments to involve the community as the project unfolds. As for Kinder Morgan, the company says it will try to keep their communications and their work transparent and accessible for residents in all 16 counties that the Permian Highway Pipeline will run through. And many people from all corners of Hayes County will be watching to ensure the landscape will retain that unique allure which drew so many to Central Texas in the first place. From KTSW News, this has been Emily Martin and Will Wadsworth reporting in the public interest. Thank you for tuning in to this month's In the Public Interest. You can find all of KTSW's In the Public Interest segments online at ktswblog.net. In the Public Interest. If it's in our community, it's in our interest. Now back to the music.